Eits jolla kali. Hey y'all, what's up? You're about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, live music, booty bump and beats, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start. Due to the coronavirus, the following show is being produced and broadcast by the Yolokali youth from their homes. So sit back, relax at home, and enjoy the show. Hello! You are listening to the first show of season 15 on WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from the comfort of our homes. You guys aren't ready for this season. Your wig is going to be blown off. My name is Tona. Amaris. And I'm Marie. And behind the scenes on the production with the rest of the WhatsApp team. Today's show is going to be about journalism. We're highlighting the young and independent voices of journalists in Chicago. Our guests are young activists who have been on the front lines, especially right now during 2020. Some of them are students, while others are professionals working along media organizations such as City Bureau. So definitely stay tuned to hear these amazing interviews we have put together. Before we dive into these interviews, I would like to talk amongst us about journalism. How would you guys define journalism? So I guess with like journalism, I guess it's like kind of like news media outlets and stuff like that. Like, you know, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is just like how we kind of consume journalism in a way. It's just like, how do we get our news? You know, it's just like newspapers, which are kind of like outdated, you know, like you get your news from social media or Twitter <laughs> or like Instagram or now this news, like however you're going to get it, that's what journalism kind of is. It's like how you like get your news and stuff like that and how you write your news, I guess, like how I get my news is like from Instagram and stuff like that, like rarely from Snapchat, but like mostly from Instagram from this like, uh, what is it, this account called Now This News. And like, honestly, it covers like a lot of different topics. And like, I, like, I mostly get my news from there, like rarely from like news channels, like ABC7 and stuff like that. But I don't know, that differentiates with all of us. So how about you guys? Where do you guys get your news? Yeah, for me personally, I get my news from like, Apple News, and they just show me different places like uh, USA Today, New York um, Times, and things like that. I also like Vice News and their YouTube channel, and um, Snapchat has like quick, um, like 10-second pieces of news of like breaking stories and what happened today, so that's like a quick way of consumption for me. No, yeah, I definitely do that as well because I cannot, my brain cannot keep track of all the things they're giving me in a long article. So the Snap segments that they have that you can subscribe to. Now this also has that on Snapchat, so I definitely use it. And now this on Instagram, they also have like IGTV videos that are really informational and they have different people telling you different information about people in government, people running, like it's really informational. I would say they're really credible. And honestly, it's like really nice, like, was it hearing all of this because, uh, especially like the short stories and stuff like that for Snapchat, it's just like I'm not gonna read an entire article with people alluding to different things and like in, instead of it being clear and concise, where it's like straight to the point and like learning about it, which I think is really beneficial, especially in this day and age when you just need the news quick and fast because you're super busy with a lot of other things, especially in quarantine. 
it, it's amazing how people can be so busy in quarantine. Am I right? Crazy. Yeah, I feel like that's why I like to use Twitter, too, because people could just like quickly update or quickly write down things that are going on, like CNN. I have their um, notifications on. So when there's like breaking news and things like that and articles are very nice and I appreciate them. But just in the day and age that we're in, quick consumption is just a kind of easier way to process things first. Yeah, and I definitely make sure to share like what I didn't know anything about with my friends because I think it's important to have the people around you educated, especially now. Like, you can be really in your own bubble about information. Like, I didn't know a lot about anything this in the beginning of the year, but with Instagram and like friends speaking up about their political views, I've definitely learned a lot about what each candidate is supporting and what they're not and like different choices. And I've definitely learned a lot about voting and voting rights with Instagram as well. So how do you guys, what do you share information with who? Yeah, for me personally, um, I use like my Instagram story. I try to use a little platform that I have to show people about things like examples showing about like local um, businesses and things like that. I try to post those onto my snap so that people can recognize where these businesses are. And also, um, I like to post um, petitions and, for, and things for people to sign. And I like to put links in my profile just so I can be a way to give people access to information that they maybe didn't have before. I think it's important to educate others. Um, you know what's the weirdest way that I've learned about voting? It's like on what? Snapchat. It's like, I don't know, there was this little thing, like little link, it's just like, oh, figure like how to register to vote and just like an example of voting a sample, like like as a ballot. And like when I really did actually get my stuff for like mailing, for like the mail in voting and stuff like that, it's just like, I'm like, oh, so this is what it's like. Like actually, because I learned it on Snapchat, which I thought was super crazy. I'm just like, wow, I didn't think Snapchat was going to teach me important things like voting by mail. <laughs> it was so crazy. No, yeah, I definitely I def agree. No, yeah, I agree. Sorry. I've learned a lot from places you wouldn't expect. Like, I feel like social media has done a much better job than school to teach us about important topics because I feel like school is focusing on the past more than the present and they don't like really connect it into today. So I've definitely learned things more on social media than I have in school, which is a little sad, <laughs> but it's good that we're being educated in some way. And not at all. I definitely feel like it's um, really great to be able to have these different platforms like Instagram and Snapchat and just see people through social media just kind of come together and talk about politics and protests and things that they're passionate about. And I feel like social media, like journalism in regards to social media, it just has allowed people access to information that they've never had before before technology and things like that. So it's definitely a very valuable piece of, um, a valuable tool to use in journalism now. And I think like with journalism and social media, I think social media allows people that are just starting in journalism to expand their um, audience. So you have different people from honestly different countries, different schools, like informing them about what's going on in your school the racism, the microaggressions, you can you can talk that amongst other schools and compare and contrast. What is your school doing? What is your school not doing? What can you do better? What are you already doing? So I think that's really great. Yeah, I definitely agree. Personally, um, 
just like as a journalist, being able to have my Instagram and post my stories on there and genuinely hear people have feedback about it or want to know more about the topics I talk about, it just kind of is like inspiring to just keep on writing. Like I can help the people that I know, help them get information and then they could send my link to somebody and they get some information. So I really appreciate just Instagram and being able to share my work to educate other people. And that's something that I really appreciate about writers like you, Amaris. Like, what is it? Like, because I'm able to click on a link and like learn more about the topic that they're writing about or like different things like that. And like similar topics, like the similar that are like that. It's like, I really appreciate that because I'm like, social media is becoming more than what it was intended for instead of like, you know, the food selfies and like, was it cat videos or dog videos and stuff like that? It's becoming a social platform for like journalists like us and stuff like that actually post about important topics that isn't about, maybe it is about food, you know, about, you know, veganism, you know, if you're into that. But it's like actually like talking about things that like we want to learn more about that, like that we're not getting from like other, like maybe media outlets, like newspapers and stuff like that anymore. Like we're actually doing this now. We're actually learning more off our Snapchat, off our Twitter, and off our Instagram. And that's the kind of future I'm I'm really looking forward to. No, yeah, and I think it's really great that there are different journalists coming up because it provides different perspectives that we wouldn't have before. I feel like different perspectives is what will bring us together in the end because we all need to understand each other and what our circumstances are to help each other out. I definitely agree. I feel like just in general, it's a better, like, just more to have a better understanding of other people, their cultures, their backgrounds can just help America, but like around the world, just have a better understanding and be able to just like unite and like has helped people fight for these different causes and protest for these different groups because just people are now just have so much access to information about other um, groups of people and just are able to come together and fight for the rights of everybody. And I, I just really appreciate seeing that, you know? Yeah. Honestly, just like this new age of journalism and it's like how we're consuming it and how we're like viewing it and how other people around the world can view it. Like, it's crazy how like the internet can just like open up more, what is it? more doorways for like other people to view it like the fact that like people from like east asia can view what's happening in chicago and in the united states crazy right like we didn't think that would be possible but now look at us and then or like us in chicago finding out what's happening else in the rest of the world like in like in africa or what is it in east asia or in japan like what is it like finding out all these things and stuff like that and just like having an opinion on it and like writing about it and then like sharing it out to the rest of the world crazy because like back then i'm pretty sure you couldn't do that you could only write your local paper segment for whatever is happening in your local town right but like now like having an opinion about everything and learning about everything absolutely immaculate love that yes and talking about new journalists and stuff we have my good friend mina lee who is a junior at university of chicago laboratory schools um, she started writing for the school newspaper, The Yuhai Midway, as a sophomore and is currently a content manager and reporter. Thank you, Mina Lee, for accepting the invitation. Hi, thank you for having me. To start it off, since we're in the season, what are you going to be for Halloween? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe like the traditional ghost. I've seen those TikTok videos with the... Um, <laughs> just the plain sheet I, mean, I don't know 
Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite horror movie, or do you not like them at all? I actually really hate horror movies. Can't watch them. <laughs> not my style. <laughs> okay. If you had to choose between pen and paper or typing on the computer, like your only choices for the rest of your life, which one would you choose? Um, hmm. I think I'd, I'd take the computer. <laughs> Definitely easier. I would get very tired yeah. of writing on pen and paper. So with the UHI magazine on Midway, what is one of the funnest projects you've worked on? That's a good one. Um, last year, we were able to do some audio stories um, as a, it was like an assignment, but that was like something I had been, I hadn't uh, been introduced to before. So that was really fun. I had wrote one about the um, mock trial club. They were having a competition and then it had gotten canceled. Um, and so it was interesting to like, I had to re-interview everybody and get their uh, experiences and feelings after the cancellation of their um, competition. But yeah, I think uh, working with that different type of media was really interesting. So would you say that that's the most interesting part about reporting and journalism? Um, I think my favorite thing about working for the Midway is just how I can connect with the different people around my community and my school's community. Um, and I've definitely been able to talk to people I haven't I, I haven't before, and I would never have um, the opportunity to. And so I think that's one of my favorite parts. Why do you think that journalism is important, like in school and outside of school? Yeah, I think journalism is just so important because you want to, you want people to know what's going on around them, even if it's within your own school community, just knowing what clubs are happening, what's like, stu like, um, student council elections, um, little things like that are important. And then also just in the broader world, just all the current events, just being educated about that is so important. And I think journalism plays a fundamental role in that. Um, can you tell us a little bit of you high Midway? Like, and what they talk about, like, do they talk about school only events? Yeah, so um, we generally, because we are a high school newspaper, we generally cover the topics around our school and also in our uh, neighborhood, Hyde Park. Um, and then this year, we've been also trying to focus on ways in which to get people educated about um, the current election. Uh, recently, there was a, a story about UHI uh, seniors um, being able to vote and how they're using that um, the power that they have to vote um, and we're trying to get we're trying to connect current events more to our to our school and to the people at our school and so connecting your like current events into your newspaper and talking about your community um, what's what role do you think the paper has and on influencing the school and the community? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think I think our just main role is just getting the stories out there that matter and being like a voice for people or a voice for stories that just are untold and people don't know about. Um, 
and just being able to get that information out there to everybody in the community who reads our paper. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what in influenced you to go into the journalism field and like when, or like we know when, but why you started? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so honestly, I hadn't really started journalism for the journalistic aspect, I guess. Um, in middle school, I had always just liked peer editing like pe like people's papers um and and I thought that like that's what journalism was but I guess that kind of, that's kind of what uh drew me in but I've learned so much more and I've learned that journalism is so much more than just proofreading copy and like grammar like it's it's honestly been really uh just great to learn like how important journalism is to like our democracy and yeah you know when you started journalism what did you not know about and what now do you wish there was more of as a student in the journalism field yeah um i think i didn't realize how uh i wouldn't say intense but it the the process to publish a story is very um like I guess in a way tedious, but it's it, it's important that it's tedious. Um, I just I guess I didn't realize how long that process is because you have to pitch the story, um, get it like get it to the reporter, then have the reporter do their interviews and all of that, and then go through multiple people of editing um, before it finally gets published. I had no idea about that whole process, um, so that was really um, interesting to learn about. With talking about like our community in Hyde Park and just trying to draw more people in into Uhi Midway, what kind of stories do you say would you say that the youth needs? Yeah, that's a good question. I think we have been focusing, like I said, we've been focusing on trying to connect uh, what's happening in current events and in politics to lab students. And I think stories that kind of digest what digest like all the news that's happening in the world so that um readers of the midway can understand it and interact and see how it connects to them um is really important um and as a journalist what do you think was your strongest piece um before the school year started i wrote a piece about how uh clubs activities and like rich uh the grade retreats that we have um every year have been like changed due to covid and i thought that was um a very informative piece that i wrote um that was getting just a lot of the basic information out to people so they know what's going on and when you started did you have any journalists that you looked up to um i don't think so i guess i hadn't really discovered the world of journalism before I had gotten into it. But um, yeah, no, I hadn't really had a ton of like, I guess, uh, role models within journalism when I started. But now I think I've definitely know like a lot more names within journalism. Um, one part particular reporter I really uh, love is Nicole Hannah-Jones. Um, and yeah. What are some topics um, that you are hoping to write more of in the U High Midway? 
Yeah, um, I think I'm looking forward this year to writing more uh, feature pieces. I haven't done a lot of those in the past. Um, so that it just it's really great to explore different styles of writing. I think I'd also like to do a, an, an opinion piece at some point. Um, just explore the different sections of the Midway that we have and the different writing styles that uh, come with those. Would you say that 2020 is a year to to put more attention and participate as an independent media and cover more of our local stories like in school and Hyde Park? Yeah, for sure. I think everybody's attention is drawn to the media right now, no matter how small it is. I think it's just really important to cover those stories and and be there for your readers and your viewers and your audience um, just as, to act as like a source of like reliability and just being there um, to inform and educate. Why do you think it's important to have like people of different minorities as journalists? Yeah, I think it's it's so important. Um, it's we need different perspectives in journalism. Last year, I had done a, a a little like mini research project and within journalism about how how what the demographic makeup is of like journalism rooms um, and newsrooms across the country. And like as we expected, it's like it's pretty um, it's pretty white, and there's not a lot of minority voices. Um, in newsrooms but obviously it's getting better every single day and i think that just getting more experiences and more perspectives in in who is telling the news is just so important and with like getting more people involved for youth what or how would you engage them into getting their own platform and speaking up like how would you do that uh do you mean like how should everybody consume journalism or how should people like contribute to journalism? Both. Okay. Um, I think you guys talked about it um, earlier. I think social media is a great way to start um, following like uh, all these news accounts on Instagram is like a great place to start. So like New York Times or Washington Post and you can see their posts come up in your feed and you can find articles that you do want to read. Um, that's super important. And then I think in terms of individuals uh, edging, educating others and getting into their own, at getting into journalism, I think it's important. It's, it's so incredibly important that we get as many, pers like I said, as many perspectives as we can so we can cover like as much as we can, I guess. Is there anything else you would like to add? I think I'd just say I'm encouraging any uh, listeners who are thinking about joining journalism be, to do it because you're going to find so, like, it is such an interesting, um, I guess, topic. Um, and I've really enjoyed the, the few years I've had within it. So, yeah. What is next for you? And what are you working on now? Um, right now, I recently finished a story about rewatching TV shows over quarantine, how people are uh, instead of because um, people have stopped producing um, TV shows. I've recently finished a piece that's going to be published soon. And then I believe we're getting new stories assigned on Monday. So 
or just and, keep going. And if we want to read more of you, High Mid Midway, where we where can we find it? Yeah, you guys can go to youhighmidway.com. Um, we've got all our stories up there. We've got a lot more audio stories this year, which is really exciting. And then you can follow us on social media, youhighmidway on Instagram and and on Facebook. So, yeah. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. We, I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are listening to What's Up. This is the first show of the season 15. This is Juicy Journalism of Today. We are going on a short break and we'll be right back with more. Welcome back, everybody. Again, you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM, broadcasting live from the comfort of our homes. And now we're talking to Monique. Hi, Monique. I just wanted to say thank you for coming on to the show. We appreciate you taking your time out to be with us. And um, I just want you guys to know, Monique, she is um, a freshman at DePaul University, majoring in journalism and minoring in radio and TV media. We've both worked journalists at True, at True Star, and Monique has worked um, there for three years for the youth media outlet and has approximately 80 articles published to date. She writes about a variety of things, including politics, music, lifestyle, self-care, and culture. And just welcome again, Monique. How are you doing today? I'm good. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, Thank you for being here. Yes. I'm glad. Okay, we're going to dive into some fun questions real quick. Okay. Um, do you like horror movies? Uh, I have mixed mixed feelings. Like, I'll watch them. I feel like I, this is a good time for me to start diving into them. So hopefully I can find a movie buddy and we'll just watch horror movies. That might be my plan for Halloween now. Yeah, I think that was going to be a plan for me too, just like a movie day. Yeah. But for if you had a costume that you would wear for Halloween, what were you thinking? Gosh, okay. Um this may sound a little basic. Well not basic, but um I think you know personally that I'm a Selena fan, right? So I like if I had like the time and the creativity, any of her like iconic outfits with like her bustier and like the sparkly belt and like pants. And then I know that basic is like her Astrodome outfit, but I'm like, I don't have money for that. So <laughs> if I did have the time, I would. Oh my god, that would definitely be like a wonderful like costume idea i love that and like do you have a favorite halloween candy oh okay um okay i want to say snickers snickers really kind of win at halloween snickers and twix they win color um it's something it's being able to tell the stories of people like you and being able to like put out just it's a, it's a form of art to me. So it's able like being able to put out something and um, speaking for the audience that is oftentimes put on the back burner. So just being able to have my words out there and like talk about things that I know mean something to the people around me, the people that I know and you know, so that that's important to me. 
totally i definitely get that and like how have you been using technology to be able to get that across to people on your platform so see um with me for um true star for one it's the online blogs so are able to put your um work out there and i'm able to share it with like social media on my social medias on my instas and um twitters and i'm saying twitters as if multiple but twitter and um stuff like that and um i actually in, in school now i've kind of started taking part in like some writing for like school publications too so totally and i just was wondering too like what makes a credible and reliable journalist and how do you ensure that you are one i'm glad that you asked <laughs> so for me what i've been learning is really important what's important is to always fact check and fact check and also like go back like make sure that you have good sources and make sure like i know whenever i'm doing interviews with with people i turn on like if it's okay for it to be on the record i'm like can i have this on the record is it cool like and um just having that information and um going back i know what i've come to do which has really helped me is um i'll write an article out or i'll plan to have it out a day before done with it and well not done with it but <laughs> done writing most of it then i'll come back either later on that day or the next day and reread it and make sure that like it makes sense that i'm i'm i have all my sources correct and everything like that and that's to me that's what makes um a good reliable journal journalist you know being um when you're um talking and you have sources and you know attributing and everything like just making sure that you have everything together and all your i's are dotted t's crossed make makes what to me is a reliable and credible journalist now, when it comes to sources that you use for your articles, what are some like credible news outlets that you would go to to find this information? Um, I go if it's um if it's political when I'm writing like political um articles and such, I'll go to um CNN. I'll go like I have CNN on my phone, so I keep up with news that way. Um, I just who else? CNN and I, I, I use Google as like my big, so like whoever I see, like mostly I go to sources where it's like, I know like CNN, um, Washington Post as much as they'll let you read and um, different <laughs> different um places like that so that I can get a kind of like roundabout. I'll even look, look at the actual news on TV to just to get, you know, credible sources, NBC, ABC, it's Chicago based as well if it's a Chicago based article. Right, exactly. I get that. And just like being a journalist in 2020, like how overall, how, how have you felt about that? I I won't even lie with you guys. I had a sit down with myself the, the other day and I was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, are you sure you this is what you want to do? And I think it was because midterms were happening and I was just like kind of reeling through it. So being a journalist in 2020 is not easy. Um, if you don't mind, I'll drop a quick little story of what I went through this week. I had to do a business story for my journalism class, um, and it was an intro to journalism, and it had to be an exclusive business story about something that, like, basically no one's really heard of. So at first I was going to talk about, like, my school, DePaul, their plan for the winter, but it was too many hoops I had to jump through. So like maybe about two days, two a couple of days before the actual um, article was due, I had to like turn around and ask my friend like, hey, can you tell me about this internship that you said you did? And um, 
you know, by it being COVID, there's not many people around me and there's not a lot many people around us in general. And so it's kind of weird to walk up to people you don't know and be like, hey, do you do this? or do So it's like, you know, it kind of limits your resources. So you have to really pull from what you have around you. And I was able to get that story in, but it, it's just kind of like now it's not as easy to get sources. It's more it's harder. You have to be more careful. And yeah. Yeah, I definitely um, agree with that. I have a project that's due for my journalism class soon, and he wants us to just, like, walk up to people and ask them a question. But it's, like, during these times, it's, like, is that what we should do? So, like, I've been trying to just use outlets like True Star and Yolo Kali to just find different just sources for to put into my work. So I definitely get that. And just I wanted to ask, like, how have your life experiences impacted the way that you write about journalism or about as a journalist? Um, well, for me, uh, like I said, I, a person of color, first generation student at that too, and a woman, a queer woman of color, so it's, it's a lot happening there. Um, but I know for me growing up, the whole point of me wanting to be a journalist really came because when I used to watch the news heavily and stuff with my parents and everything, and it's all, it was, um, you know, growing up on the south side of Chicago, you always hear like the negative news. You never hear really too much of like, this is what kids, people are doing. This is what people are doing, the good, the greater good. And, um, you know, I kind of wanted to be that person at least to help push and change the narrative because I feel like there's such a narrative about Chicago. There's such a narrative about certain parts of Chicago and people who are from those parts of Chicago. And that's what people run with when they, when they come here, when they like, you know, for someone who's never been from Chicago, they don't really know the real, the really real, you know, what's going on. And I kind of wanted to be that person to um, do that. And, you know, as a woman and coming into a field that's still male dominated, you know, you had people to look up to. I know for me, um, Cheryl Burton, Oprah, um, I would watch Barbara Walters too. <laughs> I, you know, like growing up, you watch, the, you watch all those, those different segments and shows and you're like, hmm, that can be me. That can, I can do that. I can make it happen. Um, and, you know, my parents are very supportive of me wanting to do that. And they're, um, I remember I told my mom because I used to want to be a lawyer, and uh, when she, at one point I started doing True Star, and I sat down. And I remember uh, this this lady. I think her name was Miss Joy, Miss J. She came in. She was like, "You know, with your writing, you can do whatever you want to do. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about." And I don't know what it was about her like telling us that, or it was like a flip, a, a switch went off in my head, and I was like, "This is what I want to do. This is, this is something that I can make a change with." Yeah, I totally feel that like. Even when you were just talking about Chicago, it's always so many amazing things going on around here. And just to be able to like have that platform to shed a light, I think it's just a really good thing to do. And I just, you know, was wondering like what kinds of stories would you say the youth needs? Um, for one, they need stories about them, what what they live their truth. Um, not not the you know, they have there's stories out here now. There's like, well, if we want to take it into television a little bit if you don't mind um shows that are supposed to be about the teenage experience aren't really what we really go through and then the stories in the news and the stories that you see it's like it's not always what like it's not a true accurate representation of what who we are what we like to do what we do so you know just being able to talk about you know the the everyday the what most of us do, we like music, we like, we, a lot of us are going through a time where we're like trying out different stuff, we're trying out, um, we're in college, most of us are in college too, you know, 
some some stories, some advice for us. What what's the advice considering the time that we're in? Like what's something, you know, to be that that backbone, that voice to um put out like what what are we feeling? What are our grievances? Because I like I know at the point in time when like the the whole shutdown happened, I feel like no one was really truly understanding how we felt. Everyone was just like, You guys are strong, you guys can get there, but it's like, Yeah, but we're heartbroken. <laughs> Like, can someone, is someone going to talk about that? Can someone just for a second take the rose-colored glasses off and just talk about the fact that we are human and we had some, we were looking forward to these things and now they were taken away from us. So now we feel some type of way. Yeah. I totally feel that. Like, I, I'm glad that you said that because um, when I was just talking to people during that time, they were just saying like, oh, you know, you guys are still able to graduate and you guys are still going to school, but it's just like, we didn't have prom. We didn't have a real, it was like drive-through graduation or through like Facebook or Instagram live, you know? Yeah. So like, I definitely, I, I feel that it's like, hey, I know that we're still, it's just a lot going on. COVID just switched up the whole game of how those things are supposed to go. So I definitely think that those was conversations that people need to hear, like how we felt. And, you know, I was just like, wondering like do you think that journalists like yourself like youth students minorities are needed and important and why oh gosh yes we are so important we are vital for the way the way the progression that we're making or trying to make um you know you want i remember i was watching this interview and this um i forgot her name i know i think it was renee ferguson who's a journalist she um she was saying, she's like, I want different people in my newsroom. I want a variety because that, that variety, you need that variety because you need to have different opinions and different opinions aren't always bad. You know, you need to have that diversity to see, well, I think this way, but this, you may not think the same way I do. So tell me what you think. And maybe we can, we can come out with something so that like the news can be something where differing opinions take place but it also forms something it's a lesson it's it's people can learn from it it's we're important we're very important <laughs> i definitely agree mm -hmm. like i was just wondering too like what role do you think that like either like true star or just like um your journalism class at depaul like plays in your school or community um with true star i've been able to write about so much um so much stuff, stuff that I liked, stuff that um, I thought was important, things to help people. I've written stories about how to deal with stress. I've written stories with, um, you know, how to do certain stuff for college, um, politics, you know. Um, I've written stuff, stuff to um, kind of like unlocking childhood memories too. But like, you know, True Star has really helped me get my foot on the ground to even start writing, to even say that I have a portfolio at like what I'm 18 now, um, to say that I have a portfolio where when then when I came here into DePaul and I came to my journalism class, you know, to come in and be like, yeah, I've, I've written, I, I have, um, you know, a, a portfolio and being able that that's what honestly got got me into my school's um, magazine crew 14 East because I was like, yeah, you guys can go look me up. And they were like, we're impressed. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, so that and then my intro to journalism class has really been like kind of showing me like the real, you know, the real um, meat and potatoes <laughs> of journalism and what, you know, different stuff we learn. Um, and it's, it's taught me how to be a credible 
journalists and just different aspects and stuff like that. So it's been fun. <laughs> and I just kind of wanted to ask you, you know, what have you been doing so far um, with your magazine at uh, your school? Okay, so currently um, I am a contributor. So I'm currently working for Fortune East magazine, um, pretty award-winning for our school. Um, they, right now I'm working on, <laughs> I'm working on an article that is dealing with the return to campus and how that's been for us. And like, I have to interview a couple of, um, couple of people who I know around here, like, and um, a sophomore or two, just to see like how it was for them versus how it's going for us now. And just putting that out here and um, talking about that and then probably gonna end up taking on another story soon. But I've, I've, the funny part is I've been into 14 East Magazine since my the summer before my senior year i was like oh my gosh if i go to DePaul, this is the this is where i want to go because this seems like you know this is the stuff that i like i read their work and i was like this is great so yeah just being able to be a part of that is amazing and um i was just wondering like where do you hope to be as a journalist like going on from now what do you hope to do people uh is there like a dream place that you would like to work at anything like that yes um because I'm also a very big music person, I love music. Um, I would love to work at Pitchfork <laughs> and like review like their like you know how they do their album reviews and like different articles. I I love them, so I was like I would love to um, work with them after I get out of school or like going if they have an internship maybe that would be great. Um, but that's that's my goal, and if I got like even. Even bigger than that is like Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone magazine. I think I've always um, been big on music publications where I'm like, yeah, I, w I want to be a part of that. So. And I was just wondering, um, where could we find your work so that we could read it? Okay, so you can find my work on truestar.life. Um, you can go to the little search bar and search up Monique, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, and my articles will pop up. Um, you can also, I'll be, my article for 14 East Magazine will be dropping around the 23rd, the week of the 23rd. So you can go to 14, look up 14 East Magazine, DePaul, and it'll be there. That's great. That's great. We got to make sure everybody goes and checks out Monique's work. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming with us and just telling us about the world of journalism and your perspective of it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And now, what is it? We have a wonderful, what is it? Yolo Kali journalist from this summer of 2020. She has started her project about CPS schools in a bi-weekly podcast called Cruel Public Schooling. And there she talks about the problems within Chicago public schools. She also interviews students and teachers about, the cruel, about cruel public schooling. Here is Melissa. Hi. Hey, Melissa. Hi, how are you doing, Ray? I think we're doing all well in quarantine. <laughs> so I guess I just wanted to bring up the. T I guess I just wanted to bring up for a conversation between all of us um, about like we're all doing journalism currently, um, and I know that you've done a few works like with quarantine times and with Northwestern as well. Yeah, that is correct. Can you tell me more about those and what you've done and a little bit about your portfolio? Um, so with Northwestern, I believe it was my sophomore year in high school. So, um, 
with that we did kind of an archive of of sexual education in little village and you know just the overall topics through the umbrella terms you know we talked a lot about misconceptions contraceptions and like you know how to kind of protect yourself and we just talked about how the quality of education presented in sex ed classes are they you, they just suck you know so that was um one of the topics we talked um i mean we did a lot we also i mean i interviewed um my gym teacher because he was a sex ed teacher so just out of curiosity how he kind of delves into the curriculum and like what are the certain curriculum criteria for it to include like in a sex ed course and i think it's just a very it's just everything falls into an umbrella term and we know we talked a lot about um lgbtq um you know rights and how it's kind of perceived in little village so that was one of them um for quarantine times um i just wrote about my experience in quarantine and you know the ongoing thing in the little village about the hilco coal plant and um just how teens are coping with quarantine and just mental health in general so that's one of the broader topics yeah Yeah. totally i know like i wanted to ask like everybody like what are you doing in your life to become like a creator just in regards to like journalism i don't know i I feel like I just need to kind of educate myself in a way that I just need to find out more about what's happening in the world and make sure I'm actually fully understanding everything and how I'm kind of seeing it on both sides. Cause you know, for you to do journalism, you need to consider both sides of everything. No, yeah, I definitely agree with Melissa. Like I'm, I wouldn't consider myself like a journalist right now, especially because I don't know that much and I feel like I need to educate myself on all sides and all the topics before I actually do write something about it. What about you, Marie? Definitely, um, as much as I would like to consider myself a journalist, um, I think I'm really far from the term. I think more of a storyteller and stuff like that and just like describing like my personal experiences and my perspective. But what is it again? Like, yeah, what is it? Describing or no, understanding and understanding both sides of like what's happening in any anything at all. Yeah, I totally agree. I know um, something that I really try to emphasize for myself when I write is just like fact checking, just making sure that I could be as reliable as I possibly can to the readers that I have. So like just that, and then just going on to different like um, sources, like regardless of like what size that they're on, just so like you guys said, to get just both perspectives of the situation and then if i remember correctly from the was interview that you did um earlier with monique um she had mentioned something like i think is like very vital and very important it's just like diversity in the newsroom and stuff like that like how it was really like it's like dominated by like was it like whites and or like what is it like male dominated and like not really a lot of color in the newsroom and it's like now we have like a lot more like blooming youth art like youth journalists that are just like like making that a big difference. Like how can we put our take on that? Anybody have any opinions on that? I know just for me, like I really, diversity in like the news and media room to me is so crucial because it allows stories to have just different perspectives. And I feel like just, it just allows people to have a certain amount of knowledge that they might not have had before. 
and just having that certain amount of knowledge can just like help us all just I don't know have a better understanding of each other and be able to just be I don't know just be able to work with each other way better I believe just like in the community or just in the United States in general. Yeah, and I would tie that back to the first interview I had with Mina, where she was talking about how she's so glad that, like, the young platforms are coming out and more people are being educated on topics. Um, I think that's really important. It's great that more people are being educated and learning about different topics. And because of that, there is more diversity when talking about this, more diversity and more perspectives. And that way we can all join together and solve these things. I think also just having diversity in a sense of age and race and all that, like, you know, perspective on like women perspective, um, you know, perspective on age. Cause uh, you know, older people will perceive things kind of differently than younger people. And it's all a variable. I just think like in general, we need more diverse thoughts, more, different ways of thinking if that makes sense totally i feel like youth um journalists are so crucial just like young people in journalism are so crucial because it just gives a perspective of what's going on right now like how monique was talking about the um just like covid and graduation and prom it's just like we can have a better understanding of just like us what we're going through and just to be able to use journalism to have that platform to speak on it, I think that's just like a really great thing to have. Definitely. Like, I don't know who said this before, but like youth people are going to write as youth people. And then like, what is it? Older, what is it? Reporters are going to write for youth. And honestly, if you're writing for somebody, like you're going to get like the stereotypes and a lot of other things that like probably aren't them. And we're just going to write as ourselves, which is the youth. And I think that's very important that we have people writing as us instead of for us. Because we're not all about, what is it, like ourselves. We're not selfish. Like, we are very caring and empathic. And we just, like, we're a lot more, how do I, how do I say this? I don't want to say woke. But I do want to say, what is it, that we're very knowledgeable about the world around us and that we're not selfless and we're not very like in our own world. We do understand what's happening around the world around us and we do want to talk about those topics. So I think it's very important that I, we talk. Yeah, I agree a, a lot with Marie because, you know, a lot of like adults or whatever, they kind of have like this perception of youth. And I don't know, whenever they cover you, they're like, oh, look at these kids. They're doing so much. They're acting like little adults or something like that. So it does piss me off a little bit. But it's because adults don't know anything. And it's like, you would think they know because they were ones like that, but they don't. So it's just something to take in mind and, you know, kind of, I don't know, dude. It was like, you know, kind of be more aware of what's happening. A lot of kids aren't always happy or whatever. All of them are kind of pissed in their neighborhood, like, you know, like I would say Little Village because a lot of stuff is happening and, you know, they don't really cover it from a youth perspective. And that's like something that we kind of need, you know, for the general public, have some stuff catered for like everyone, if that makes sense. Exactly. I think that having youth and talking about it from the youth perspective is so much more like valuable than having other people write for you um and i think that because we're writing for ourselves 
and documenting how we feel and how the process is going, this will definitely be used as valid information later on when we're seen because 2020 is literally one year full of history. Um, so I feel like because we're youth media and we're talking it about from our perspective, it's more credible than adults trying to write for us because they don't understand. They're not going through our situations. They're not going on Zoom meetings. They're not staying up past 3 a.m. because teachers keep assigning homework. You know, it's like our struggles. It'll be a better perspective, like when looking back onto it, like we'll have a more honest perspective of what went on during 2020 through the youth perspective. This is a great end to our conversation on youth media and what it means. Um, remember, you are listening to WLPN, LP Chicago, 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from the comfort of our homes. My name is Tona. My name is Marie. And Amaris. Um, behind the scenes on production for the rest of the WhatsApp team. Um, we have just interviewed Monique from True Star Magazine and Mina from Uhai Midway and Melissa from Yolkali um, on what it is to be a student journalist in 2020. I hope you enjoyed and look forward to seeing you in the next hour. Hello, you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from the comfort of our houses, and welcome back to the second hour. My name is Marie, Tona, and Amaris, and we're with the behind the scenes of production with the rest of the What's Up team. For this half of juicy journalism of today, we are interviewing a professional journalist from City Bureau. Today, we have Alexandria Ariga. Alexandra Riga is a City Bureau reporting resident based in Pilsen. Her reporting focuses on how immigrant communities in Chicago build power and participate in democracy. Hello today. Hi, how are you? Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Since today is in the season and it's fall, I wanted to know, or we wanted to know actually, do you like watching horror movies? I do like watching horror movies. One of my favorite parts of this season. What are some of your favorites? One horror movie that I really love is, uh, it's called uh, Goodnight Mommy. And it's this um, Swedish horror movie that I watched with some friends. We used to, I used to have a horror movie night every Tuesday with a group of friends in college. So this is one of the ones that really stuck out to me. Um, and I have it downloaded somewhere, but it's um, a, like really like psychological horror. It's kind of the kind of horror that I like more because I don't really like the gory stuff. Um, I kind of, I like psychological horror or stuff that's kind of like, you know, having to do with like witches or um, I, I like grew up Catholic. So stuff that's like, like the exorcist, like that kind of stuff, like classic paranormal stuff that I like. And what's, what's your favorite Halloween candy? I'm a huge fan of sour candy. And so like sour, sour patch kids or sour gummy worms. Um, I love the I love that candy. I also like Reese's peanut butter cups. Like I know most people enjoy pumpkin spice lattes during the fall season. Do you enjoy pumpkin spice lattes? I haven't had one yet this season. I do like a spicy warm drink though. Um, 
you know what I really like is cafe de olla, coffee with some cinnamon and spices. It's really, you know, I love I love coffee. Um, so that's my preferred spicy coffee drink. Was it finally deep dive into the general questions and stuff like that? Thank you for answering. Was it those Halloweeny type questions? Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> what is your routine to get in the mode for a project? And if it's a little weird, we promise we won't laugh. Promise. So I get into work mode? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. And I think it since this year, everyone's kind of had to adapt to working remote. We've had to find new routines, right? So like we don't have our commutes anymore. So lately, something that I really have been enjoying is like first starting to like get a little bit of energy out in the morning. So like either like going for a run outside or like blasting music and dancing around a little bit. Like that always helps me to like my head can be like in a million places at once and I really need to focus with my issues. So I definitely need to get a little bit of the energy out before I am able to like tune in to the task in front of me. And um, kind of a little bit of a throwback. What was like the mm-hmm. biggest scoop when you were our age? Scoop, like what was the biggest story going on while mm-hmm. you were our age? This would be when when I was like in a senior in high school or graduating high school or starting college. Well, when I graduated and my, my first year of college was also the first year that I voted. So I guess, and I voted in Wisconsin. I went to school in Wisconsin. So a big thing that happened that election was that uh, Wisconsin voted in a senator who is openly gay. And that was a really big deal. It was before gay marriage was legal there also um so that was a big deal were you involved in journalism at at that time or not this was like when i first got to university and um at that time i had just started to kind of get involved into it at the student paper i wasn't writing about that story but i wrote like different stories about like city government and like student issues so I was a little bit involved. Well, I did have one question before that. Like, did you have a lot of experience with media and journalism growing up? It's like, do you think your childhood reflects on how you write? I always loved writing. I think it took me a while to kind of uh, find my way to journalism. I mean, I actually like when I was in high school, it was the first time I did like a newspaper article. So I, I interviewed somebody who um, helps manage this like a wildlife area and we talked about like environmental issues I guess I guess that's when I first got into it I was like I had like a green column or like an environmental column and we um, that was when I first learned how to interview and learned how to write or like learned how to use writing in that way but I always loved writing and reading since I was a kid so that really influenced me I guess is like the love of like getting really into a story and um getting into it into like i still read a lot of like novels and fiction and poetry that's wonderful um and i wanted to know it's like um how do you think your writing impacts like the community and do you believe you're making a difference i believe that um it took me a while to kind of see the the power that i and other journalists have in our work so so i've really been thinking about this a lot lately um and i've been thinking about how journalists have this power in their writing to kind of collaborate with the communities around them in shaping people's like 
help people like see the world around them and also like through sharing these ideas and creating conversations you are impacting the world around you even if you are not necessarily like a politician or you know an activist and like that's not your role but you still have you still have a role to play in creating what the world looks like around you and with creating like with how the world like what is it is around you just like how would you how do you approach like writing about racial and like injustices and would you say it's like a hard picture to paint for others to understand and know about these injustices um i definitely think that journalists have a certain kind of training and a certain like background and skill to understand and be able to interview like people who are really in the wonkiness of it all in the wonkiness of like policy and like to be able to have access to these worlds that are really inaccessible to a lot of people and to be able to translate that and break it down into a way that is accessible to people that is how i approach the work of journalism so like you may think that like a policy about taxes or issues around um, the election may seem like, you know, really confusing or inaccessible, but they really affect a lot of people and affect all of us. And if you are able to communicate as a journalist to people who are not constantly talking to politicians and reading policy and understanding data, um, if you're able to like translate the meanings of that, I think that's really how I approach it and what makes it impactful and what can like possibly change the way people see their own power. So maybe you can show people that they have power themselves to, you know, vote or other ways that people can impact the world around them. So Alexandra, what do you what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned while working in different media outlets during your career? I have learned how important it is as journalists of color to find a support network and to find mentors that you can trust and who really support you and who will advocate for you because it is really difficult when you are just breaking into journalism and you kind of like encounter a lot of barriers and some people will will make a way for you and will like make paths for you and at other times you may find that people will feel that you are kind of stepping on toes or you're doing something differently than how it's been done and therefore it's like not the right way but stay true to yourself and your community that you care about and find your people within the world of journalism that can be your support network how do you think that high school you would feel about all the accomplishments that you've made <laughs> high school me was like really shy and really like kind of bookwormy so i probably would be like happy to see that i'm more comfortable with um, sharing my voice and do you think what is it your life experiences reflects on how and what you write definitely i think everyone's does i think we all bring perspectives to the work that we do and when we are writing we're not necessarily only writing about issues that we have personally lived or communities that we are personally a part of um, but when we enter into that like i think we bring certain perspectives and we can definitely learn and grow through our work and learn new perspectives but we are still i think i think it's good to be honest with ourselves and with the people that we report we're reporting with our communities that we report with about like what we're bringing to the table and our our lens um and i think that will make you a more trustworthy journalist 
Um, I was actually wondering, like, what do you expect the future of media and journalism to look like? Do you think it's going to be more progressive, positive change, or will there be roadblocks? And, like, why? I am so happy to see you ask me that question because I think that the future of media is going to look like this, you know, this group of people right here. I think um, that's what gives me a lot of hope. Like, for example, seeing all of you creating this radio show and also like the organization that I'm working with, CD Bureau, um, seeing so many young people join the fellowship program and the documentaries program and getting to experience journalism and getting familiar with the way that government operates. Um, I think that that is just such a huge force. And just speaking of the City Bureau, like what were some of the um, important topics that you covered or like how did you collaborate with them? Um, so I, um, as a city bureau resident, um, I cover issues of civic participation with the centering of immigrant communities. And so during my time with city bureau, I've written about the census, um, election issues, such as the vote on the fair tax amendment. And I, we also have a team of fellows who are working, our, so our team is like covering issues such as uh, language access at the polls and um, the question over broadband access for everyone in Chicago. Um, and, um, you know, we also keeping keeping up with like, we're going to probably take a look at, you know, what the census count ended up looking like in immigrant communities, um, what voter turnout looks like, you know, how empowered are immigrant communities and how are, are immigrant communities affected by these decisions. Um, so those are some of the issues that we write about. And I was just wondering too, like, what do you feel like the importance of local journalists are and just local journalism and how can they create change? Um, I think it is super important. Um, I think especially, you know, it, it can feel a little bit overwhelming to see everything going on in the country and feel a little powerless, but I think everyone has their own sphere of influence and their own power and more likely it's going to be a local sphere like you have your school communities you have your you know your neighborhood your block um who you know you can start by knowing like who's your alderman what are some organizations in your neighborhood reporting in 2020 has it been challenging or you think journalism is like exhausting and like how do you manage that um it definitely can be exhausting um but i think it goes back to like having a team that you can lean on um so that you can all pick up the parts and keeping your focus you know like keeping your focus on what it is that you have power and control over is really the only thing you can do like it's definitely overwhelming to think about everything going on but if you just try to stay like in your lane you'll keep control that way. How has COVID impacted you as a writer? And like, did it induce a writer's block or did it impact you positively? It really actually induced a very heavy writer's block for me for a long time. And I definitely struggled with that. And luckily I had really supportive, a really supportive editor. And, but it, it can feel when, I feel like as a writer, when you go through writer's block, it makes you feel really bad about yourself, you know, but I just did a lot of reading and kept doing my reporting and I kept um, learning more about the issues that I wanted to cover. And 
eventually you realize like I am an expert in some things and and those things I can start sharing my stories. Did the perspective you wrote in during COVID change? Because when you're reporting on something, it's usually something that's occurring to other people. But with COVID, it's something that you're experiencing as well. So did your perspective change in a way? Yeah, I think one thing that I did some reporting on um, is the impact that COVID has had on Latino communities. Um, and it, a disproportionate amount of our people are impacted by COVID um, in our neighborhoods. And when I was assigned to look into this, um, of course, I looked at like the data. I talked to experts. I talked to public officials who are handling the situation. But I, you know, I am also living in. Uh, I'm living in Pilsen. I um, I have a huge family, and some of my family members have gotten COVID and um, and have been working in person this entire time. So, like, when I think about what's going on with um, labor and Latino workers and this like idea of having a lockdown to me like I think it's important to keep the perspective of the reality uh the realities that like that I see in my own in my own world I'm so sorry to hear that I hope they're recovering I'm I'm really happy that they are thank goodness for that Mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask like what stereotypes have you encountered before being a journalist and are and how do you break them down? I think that we all kind of encounter stereotypes when we are in spaces that are not typically filled with people like us. Um, so, you know, there have been times that I think I've heard comments that have been pretty hurtful about what people expect from you as a young Latina reporter or wherever you're coming from. And people thinking that they can treat you a certain way and get away with that. It, sometimes people think because you are who you are that you are not somebody, something they can get something out of or you are someone who will just disappear. But I don't think we are going to disappear. <laughs> what would you say to anyone trying to get into journalism and how to deal with those types of struggles? I think that a really powerful force that we have is our stories and our honesty. So if somebody's like putting you through some things, um, talk to people. Like all we have is really each other. If we know, you know, and people have reputations, you know, interns always remember the way they are treated forever. And they share that with other interns. And guess who's gonna run the newsrooms one day? So just keep talking to each other, um, share your experiences find a mentor, find somebody who can support you. And and I was just wondering, um, what about big media outlets um, and reporting on big issues during 2020, like coronavirus, Black Lives Matter movement, just et cetera. Like, how do you think um, media outlets have been doing reporting on topics like this? I think that there's always um, opportunities for larger media outlets to kind of do better, especially when it comes to issues like that that appear, appear to have two sides, but so issues including Black Lives Matter and the uprisings and the elections and COVID, things that become very in a way as if there are, you know, kind of two equal sides. Um, we have two parties, so I think our brains are kind of fixated in thinking about things that way. But I think it's really important to just bring 
critical power analysis to whatever you're reporting on and in the way that these issues are covered. And how do you envision journalism, news reporting after COVID, like in the future? Sadly, media is, we're losing a lot of journalists and news outlets right now. And I think that our, our communities, local communities hurt when that happens, when people don't know what's going on with their governments. So I think journal, local uh, journalists especially have had to find ways to be in uh, community within one another and collaborative with one another um, to make sure that we still have the information getting to where it needs to go, um, even if we have, even if we're up against kind of a struggle of not having as many journalists as we'd like. And to close on this conversation, where can we find your work? Um, so you can go to citybureau.org and there you can find our elections team. You can find all the other awesome teams that are covering the budget and housing issues in Chicago. You can follow me on Twitter where I share a lot of my stories. My Twitter handle is alfariaga, two underscores, two R's. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. I'm so happy to have you all. <laughs> um, really appreciate you. We're sending hugs to you and your family. Hopefully they recover soon and well. Um, thank you so much for accepting this interview. Thank you so much. Have a good Saturday. So you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from the comfort of our homes. My name is Tona. My name is Marie. And Amorous and behind the scenes on the production of the rest of the What's Up team. Thank you for listening to Juicy Journalism of today. Having interviewed amazing journalists and learning more about our own Yolokali youth journalists, we interviewed Mina Lee from Yuhai Midway, also interviewed Monique from True Star Magazine. And just before we leave, we have a special announcement for a very special someone. Happy birthday, Logan! Um, we hope you have a wonderful birthday. Logan Bay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and now we are going to listen to some music jams. Thank you so much for tuning in for the Juicy Journalist of today. heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delicious, funny, breathtaking, wee-snatching, lady-popping production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be twerking on our next one. Here in Lumpkin Radio. So stay tuned for our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delicious, funny, breathtaking, weave-snatching, highly amazing production. I hope that you were informed about the YOLO-licious parts of life and get your bag today. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at YOLO Cali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at YOLO Cali, 
or visit at yolokali.org for more. We are the